Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Two Girls. And a few thoughts. Let's get into it. It has been a minute, friend, hasn't it? It has been a minute. Oh my gosh. I've been good, you know, just um, winding down from the summer, trying to hibernate for the fall and winter. You know. That's crazy. The huge. Forget that. I still can't believe summer is actually over. The year's done. Yeah. I mean, ordinarily, I would still be trying to say that the year is not done, but it feels so done. It's like, wow. Literally, I'm not even counting December as an entire month. It's just like, just the two weeks, because then you have (laughs) Christmas, and then it's like New Year's Eve. So I'm literally thinking, okay, there are two and a half months left in the year. Like it done done. If that. Yeah. I mean, I will say in Virginia, we're still kind of holding on to the summer because it feels pretty warm. It was oh, like, yeah? like 74 degrees today. So I feel like that feels like the second summer, mm. which is nice. Um, For sure. But I feel you on the abbreviated last quarter of the year. You know, mom says that all the time. She's like, my birthday is Thanksgiving weekend. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is she incorrect or, you know, it's like, well. She's right because I did not even remember her birthday. I was like, um, Thanksgiving week, here's what's going on. People are going to come hang out. Let me go figure out my Thanksgiving menu. I did not remember that lady's birthday. Sorry, mom. Crazy. (laughs) Shame. You should have shame. You should have shame, What's what's even crazier than this is that you've been pressing me about my birthday plans, which is not until December. But yeah. your own mother is in November. A That's whole crazy. month before hadn't hadn't remembered. It's nuts. We celebrate it's her all nuts. the time. She's spoiled. She's mm. Let's go with that. Let we let's let's actually go with that. That's that's She's cool. Okay. So now that you have remembered. That her birthday is next month. No, you could actually get to planning on her birthday and maybe you could, you know. Planning for her birthday is actually planning for Thanksgiving. <laughs> so it kind of works out. Yeah. But like, not really. But, but like, like, really? Really. Okay. Yeah. Whatever sure. works for you. Whatever helps you to get through, you know? She is really good. She's really good. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, you know, coming into today's session, I was like thinking about when we did our last recording, which womp womp, no one is gonna hear until some time after because we lost them. I know that really, (sighs) really sucked. We lost what, like three episodes? It was like two guys. It was gonna be, it was really good. It was, they were so energetic. They were so engaging and, uh, Yeah. It just the did good not. Thing, the good thing is that I am constantly a vibe. So, you know, <laughs> always just redo and the vibe is the vibe. I mean, certainly. Yeah. But it was just, you know, like when you create something and it feels like so wonderful and you feel like you hit all the, 
the points and it was just like a great little moment and then for the internet to just swallow it up it's like oh man that's not cool but you know i'm still hoping that i'll be able to recover and fix them i mean i've already recovered the files so it's really like but this is like a you know when i eventually get to that it would be like a lost files you know yeah re-entry you you gotta start working on letting go you know Again, I did let go, but wouldn't that be cool? Let it go. I think they're done. They're gone. It's over. We had a great conversation. It was awesome. The universe knows that it was a great conversation. If you think about our friendship of 22 years, we've been having great conversations. I don't for believe your number is. Years. I also don't think your number is correct. Do you just like How update? How is my number not correct? I'm just saying, as an aside, I, I, I don't know. I think it probably is more than that at this point. But you don't have to do the maths for me. Don't worry about it. You don't have to do the maths You've for me. You've never really been good at math. I've so not. I've never told a single person otherwise. Mm. Ma- Except that you I just know, I think be it's making like up 22. numbers. Sometimes I do make up numbers. I really like <laughs> round numbers. Like of 22 course. felt right. right. So I was like, oh, yeah, I like good. that number. Yeah. It feels good. So mm-hmm. I think we just stick with 22 for the next few years. It feels right. Or maybe it just feels right because it's 2022, you know? That's also possible. That's mm-hmm. possible it's very possible. Sure. It is definitely yeah. very possible. Isn't that crazy? 22 it is. years. It's I know. Well, what's even, what's even crazier, it's like the Velvet Rope album is also up there, like, you probably noticed it because you were so obsessed with it. 25 years old. Damn. 25 years old. I was totally obsessed with that album. I thought it was so sexy. So um, good. Of course, at the time, I didn't think that it was like groundbreaking politically or mm-hmm. sexually or socially. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking right. Janet looks so hot. Her hair looks amazing. The looks look amazing. The mm-hmm. songs like speak to your soul, and mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I don't know what mm-hmm. she was talking about. Um, at least not to the detail, but mm-hmm. I think that's probably why the album is so legendary because you can grow with the album. Like now, I totally know what she's talking about when she talks about right. the sexy things. So that's right, amazing. right, right. Well, you know, to quote Essence's article, it is absolutely iconic. Um, to your point, like I also really enjoyed the album but did not realize um the impact of it because i feel like on some of the tracks there was so much like it i don't want to say um what should i say it was like she was singing in such a like low sultry kind of voice mm-hmm. that uh, you're thinking as you're listening to it i'm thinking okay this is just like r&b vibesy things and not really taking note of like the messaging there's something about the tonality of it that just, you know, you kind of just like escaped into the album. And at least for me, I, I wasn't paying as close attention to the subject matter. Or maybe I was just listening to music in a different way. I mean, how old would we have been? For 25 we years ago, we would have been well, like 10, 11. So we didn't, I mean, and obviously we didn't listen to it at that point. I'm trying to like remember when I actually discovered the album. It would have been high school. I definitely listened to it at that point. I was pretty grown. When you were 10? I was grown. Where would you have been listening to the album at, at 10 times? On Just TV! Like, where? 
Because you would have been in Nevis, and there was, was no MTV when you were ten. VH1. And you were telling me that you were listening to the Velvet Rope album Listen. on VH1 in 1997? Listen, this stuff was on VH1 and on BET. So they were available. You're looking this up. You actually don't remember when no. you actually listened to this. You do not I remember. remember these songs. Yo, talk the truth on the people that podcast. You do not remember distinctly listening to this album when you were 10. You don't remember when she did that video, Go Deep, on BT? We go deep and we don't get no sleep. Yes. we be yes. up all night. Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I know what video, you to, but that's not what I was watching, I think, when I was 10. Because you were so. watching cartoons. <laughs> I was not doing that. Yo, you're a scam. I was not watching no cartoons, but I was definitely not. I don't recall discovering this album when I was 10. That just, that timing just doesn't sound right to me. That's crazy. And I'm really I trying to remember the first time I like listened to the album, like really appreciated it. Yeah. So first of all, I've been a music aficionado for a very long time. Tanya, do not let anyone Secondly. hear you say this. I will. <laughs> I have to interrupt to say that this is absolutely a scam. This right here is Secondly. a scam. You nobody's music aficionado. You barely know what's going on. Look, what are you saying? Confused, but I know music. But what does that even also, mean? You know also, Beyonce. I you know, know Vibes Cartel. I sure do know Vibes. But if I could just say, I've been a Jackson family fan for a long time. Like, since I was three. Oh, my God. Not with, <laughs> not with the since I was three reference again. Young and the rest of started when you were three. You've been, a, a, you've been a, a Jackson family fan since when you were three. What has happened when you were three? It seemed like it was Yo. a really pivotal year for you. It was a pivotal year. I mean, I could tell you stories from when I was three. But the the Michael Jackson part of my life, for sure, when I was three, I remember as a kid dancing in the living room and moonwalking to Michael Jackson's songs, like in our socks. That's what we did in the summertime or at night. Like, my cousins and my aunts, that's what we did. It was lit. So you also moonwalked or, like, the other people moonwalk? Because I don't think I've ever seen you moonwalk a day in my life. Yeah. You just need to get me some real good slippery socks, and I'm (laughs) about the moonwalk. Okay. Wow. I'm going to put you up to that challenge, eh? Like, I really am. Because I need to see this happen for myself. Because you know I don't believe you. I don't. I can right, see Heskin cool. doing this. I can see Rohim doing this. They weren't even around. Doing this. Mm, I could, oh my God. I could Aldo see was Aldo. so good at it. Aldo, exactly. Nesky, Trey, they were really, exactly. really good at this. This is what I remember. Right. Yeah. That tracks. That I, I believe. Kiefer. I think Kiefer was really good at the moonwalk, too. Good yeah. for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So Those you were enjoying the, the moonwalk. It was your little bonding time. And you yeah. were all about uh, the Jackson 5. For sure. So the natural progression is to continue to listen to the Jacksons, continue to listen to Janet Jackson. When she comes out, yeah. comes into her own. So of mm-hmm. course we were listening to her from an early age. You know? I, I feel like I didn't... Well, I didn't have the same experience. Like, I think that I discovered the Jackson 5. I want to also say it had to be high school, but it would have been through like 
docu-series, movies. Well, not that we were calling them docu-series at the time, but it would have been through like movies or like specials or things like that. I don't recall a time when mommy was playing like the Jackson family um, in the house. Like I would, I could recall like other people, like gospel folks and um, some like alternative, like rock or alternative sounds like Chicago and like air supply and them kind of folks. But I don't recall like Jackson. And then I feel like perhaps in their upbringing as kids, like among their sibling fam, their sibling group, sorry, they listen to that type of music, but I, yeah, no. I mean, I know it. Everybody knows the Jackson 5, um, but no, I did not. I did not have those memories, so do tell. I mean, you also got to remember that my mom and my dad worked at a radio station for a long time, so they were in the scene. They were in the scene mm -hmm. of the new music and staying on top of these things, so the house was always filled with music. And, you know, I think that's part of the reason why I'll never let go of Michael Jackson, right? Like, it doesn't oh, matter Lord. the Disclaimer. that people Disclaimer. talk about him. Yeah, I still remember where I was the day that he died. Me too. It's it crazy. Is vivid. Yes, I was getting off the train in New Jersey. I got off the train in New Jersey, and I was going to go see um, Auntie Artis, and I was like, holy crap. What? Yeah. Michael Jackson's dead. It felt like surreal. Like I, I did not ex. No one ever expected him to die at the time that he did because it was unexpected. But I always just felt like he was someone that we would see into his like senior years. Absolutely. Where Where were you at? What were you doing? So I was in the middle of taking a summer calculus class because I have failed it the first time. <laughs> and I had to take it. I had to retake it. And someone was like, I'll take it in the summertime, whatever. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to take it in the summertime. I took the summer class and I was in class on my phone. And the message came through that he died. Yeah. You see why I failed it? I, but, you know, to be fair, when I took it in the summer, I absolutely took an A. I got an A. Absolutely. Yeah. Even yeah. though I was on my phone most of the time. But anyway, so right. that's what I remember. And I remember being so heartbroken. Mm -hmm. I, I was like, oh my gosh, like, how could he just die? Like, he's not done Right. It. Yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah. really, really sad. Um, For so sure. So people now in 2022 want to talk about, well, you know, he did these things allegedly to these little boys and these little kids, etc. I'm like, the man is not around to defend himself, one. Mm -hmm. But then number two, his music is a whole other vibe. It's a whole right. other situation. So let's just have the music for the music and love it and continue to feel the good feels because the other stuff is separate. It's a whole other other thing. Yeah. I mean, you've definitely compartmentalized that quite a bit. As I was telling you when we were talking about this offline, I did not know that people were feeling like Michael Jackson's music should not be played and played publicly or whatever. Well, we could only be talking about being played publicly because who knows what people are doing in their houses. But I also remember that Anthony was telling me, like, we were having a conversation about, like, certain types of music that you don't really hear on the radio, even though they're throwback stuff. So, like, Michael Jackson, Prince, R. Kelly, obviously. 
Um, but obviously, like, don't let me get into that. But go ahead. Yeah, let's not. But for me, it's like we. I get. Let me use I terms. I Please. get why our car, why our Kelly would not be played. But the Michael thing, I took a little bit. I was more like, hmm, really? I mean, I get the allegations. Um, however. And dare I say, I've never fully been like, I don't know, like, is it that he just had like a weird, I don't want to say fascination or curiosity with like youth and youthful things. And like that got like miscombobulated, confused, something. Because, I mean, honestly, love Michael, incredible entertainer, one of the best of our time, one of the best that we'll ever see. He just gave me asexual vibes. So, like, just in my own bias, like, of him, like, when I think about Michael Jackson, my perception of him is so far removed from anything sexual, which is funny because so many of his songs, like, there's a lot of music in his catalog that is very sexy, sexual, romantic, sexy music. But yeah. I do not think of him as anywhere, any possible, any of that. Yeah. In terms of like sexual things. It's just like, no, Michael. Michael <laughs> is not doing that. Michael's There's a little bit sex. of a, a naivety. Right. Because you you almost have him on this pedestal like, oh, my gosh, he's Michael Jackson. He is so sweet and he's so kind and he comes across Mm -hmm. as this very sweet, innocent spirit. And that those things might all be true. Um, However, we don't give the same grace to R. Kelly, whether it's that. okay, so he went through a court case and we had the whole doctor (coughs) series. Sure. You might say Michael had allegations and R. Kelly was found guilty. Have whatever Mm. beliefs, whatever bias, whatever perspective you want to have. Mine is that proven guilty, not (coughs) proven guilty, both situations need to be separated from the music because the music is its own life. It is its own... Yes, it is its own chapter. And people, we have to be hmm. able to separate people from what they do. And then separate the things that this they do. This is ticklish. This is very yes. ticklish. Like, you're saying it this, is. and I'm, like, really, I'm really trying to, like, soak it in. And then I'm listening, and I'm digesting. And I'm really searching my mind and my soul for how do I really feel about that statement and about that idea? Um, the idea that people ought to be separated from their actions. And I guess one of the first things that comes to mind is that does it depend on the context? Like, are we talking about if you are a creative and you're making art that we would, you would prefer for the art to be separated from the artist? Certainly. I think that is the expectation. When we create art, art is to be judged. Art is to be criticized. We we know this. It's to be absorbed and 
you are going to add your own context to it because that's how we take in art. Mm -hmm. For these two men in particular, we have decided that we're not going to separate the art from the person. And in the criticism of the person, we're going to add the art within the same context. So oftentimes when I have this conversation with folks, it is, well, I can't listen to I love to how you say oftentimes. Only yes. you. I'm having this conversation with no one, by the way, right? Like at I've all. Had this it's like, several times over the years. Of course, because you are you. I am so adamant about being able to take in art as art. However, when I have this conversation over the years, the comment is made that, well, I can't listen to R. Kelly anymore because when I listen to his songs, it makes me think about what he did. Yes. Okay, does not track. fine. It does not track because <laughs> let me tell you why it doesn't track. In order oh. for me to think about what he did, then there uh-huh. is some miswiring, and I'm, I'm struggling to find the exact word appropriate word as I'm on the, uh-huh. the spot. There is something happening within you as a person that is making you have this thought, which is an abhorrent thought, a thought that we find so disgusting, so illegal that we have put him in jail. Like you have this thought because of a song, a song that before he was convicted made you think of something completely different. When you think about, I believe I can fly 10 years ago, you thought, oh my God, Muhammad Ali in the ring, like this is great. I can do all things. How inspiring is the song? People are using this song as a gospel within churches. It had a completely different feeling. But now we're mm-hmm. saying in 2022, I can't listen to that song because I'm thinking about the things that he did to children. Well, and they're, they're thinking about the arrogance and the obnoxiousness of the song, right? I believe I can fly, which is for, as far as people are concerned, it suggests that he pretty much felt invincible, that he felt like he could get away with anything. I mean, and to your point, like we are creating and adding our own narrative, right? That's what people do as they engage with information um, to understand the information. And of course, in, in, in the space of new information, you as a person who is making an assessment of something, you have to figure out whether you're going to take it in or whether you're going to dispel it. Mm-hmm. I feel like the R. Kelly thing, at least from my perspective, <clears throat> it is so... There's something about it that feels so much more sinister. Like when you said just now that Michael has a very like innocent... That was one of the words that you used. Mm-hmm. And you used another adjective that I, I'm not recalling at the moment. But I thought to myself, like, yeah, like you think about him just like trying to make people happy. Like, um, you know, his um, never ever. What is it? Never Everland or Neverland? Neverland. I think it's never, Neverland. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. So you think about like Neverland and it just feels more. It feels innocent. It feels innocent. It feels inviting it feels more precocious like it doesn't feel like the same type of intention as when you think about like r kelly with the underaged girls who were almost being for lack of a better word detained on his property and the types of acts they were engaging in so now 
to use another song. When I listen to AJ Nothing But A Number, it's like, oh my God. How can you ever listen to that song the same? Not you, as in Tanya, but a general you. Like, how can a person, understanding how he feels about underaged little girls, let's just call a spade a spade, that is what it is, and that song, how am I supposed to listen to that with the old ears that I first listened to the song with? I can't. So I'm going to tell you two things. I can't hear that. You remember the song? I'm in love with a man nearly twice my age. Do you listen to that song in the same way? I don't like the question. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't like the question. Here's also, question. I need more information that I'm going to hold sure. off on because I need to come back to that question. Proceed. Sure. Here is my second question. Is it that Michael Jackson gets to maintain his quote-unquote innocence because he was not convicted? Because the I two just... situations are quite similar, right? Michael Jackson was accused of allegedly sexually molesting or sexually abusing young boys. There was a documentary which alleges the same. Michael Jackson unfortunately passed away and he was therefore not put on trial and therefore not convicted. R. Kelly, right? R. Kelly had a docu-series that alleged that he sexually assaulted, sexually abused minors as well. That docu-series led to a trial that led to his conviction. So, Tanya, you really think these, this situation is apples and apples? Because are, are you just playing devs? It's apples to apples. And I'm also playing <laughs> devs. devs. <laughs> I do want to know. I mean, I just, I come back to the foundational perceptions of these two people. I'm sorry. Maybe it's not fear, but they just don't feel like the same type of like character. And I'm trying to like find like a better way of explaining this. And awfully, the only kind of thing that comes to mind, it's almost like when you think about like, not to be morbid, but when you think about murder, if you think about, let's say someone who does something to harm your family or your loved one. And you think about that person seeking revenge on the suspect. You can almost be more empathetic to that person as opposed to like a Jeffrey Dahmer. Like they, it's like, it's almost like different types of assholes. Okay. Like you just don't really, cause like, Everyone, I think that there are nuances to each situation. Like things have context. And in the context of when you look at Michael Jackson and when you look at R. Kelly, there are definitely some parallels. But for me, it just does not feel like it was executed with the same type of intention. And I can't actually speak to any of their intentions. So this is all just for the sake of like, let's break down what is really happening. Why do people feel so differently sometimes? And why do people not? Yeah. Um, 
But I do think that this idea that we have to, as a society, hold ourselves and hold people accountable, which is what's happening when people decide, I can't listen to this person anymore. It's like, you know what? Enough is enough. We have to be able to draw the line. But what does happen for like other people, right? Like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, if you think about that, um, that famous actor, I think it's Woody Allen, who he had a very controversial relationship, right, with his current wife, um, who at another point in time, an earlier period in time, was his stepdaughter, who, I mean, they're not blood-related, but... I mean, if you're someone's stepfather at one point in their life and then at another point in their life, you become their husband. It's like, how do we get here? And oddly enough, like tangentially, I'm thinking about, which we can't get into because we'll save that for something else. But when we think about these medieval times, like the shows like The Game of Thrones, The House of Dragons, societies have always had weird relationships with how they've related to age. Like you and I have had this conversation many times just about when we think about how people related to the idea of the monarchy, it's like you're you back in the day, people are ascending the throne at like 13, 14, 15. Like there was so much responsibility, pressure, like a lot of growing up, like you literally had children doing things that adults really should be doing. And I've always been like fascinated by our evolution with how we relate to like age and appropriateness as a society. So like, I don't know. I mean, is there some of that that's still lingering? Like, I mean, I don't think we have to go so far back as the monarchy when you think about how we relate to age. Like even as you think, in Caribbean societies, we don't relate mm. to relationships with regard to age in the same way as many American societies do, right? Like there are also many African cultures that relate to age in a similar way where a 13-year-old dating a 20-something-year-old is completely acceptable. However, mm-hmm. in America, that would be frowned upon, right? Like that we would say this person is abusing this minor, Right? Like, there are just different societal expectations for age within relationships. But really, if you really zoom out and you say, okay, a 13 year old, let's say they were 23 mm-hmm. and they were dating a 30 year old, suddenly the conversation is different, but it's the same age difference, right? And you may talk about maturity, you may talk about, well, this person is a child and is not yet developed, but we also know that. Uh, most 23-year-olds are also not very well-developed either. So, you know, there's quite a bit of conversation to be had. Um, And there's a lot of just negotiation that we probably need to make when we think about age and relationships because it's all related to societal expectations. This bit here about the negotiations, societal expectations, why it feels like a slippery slope. It is. Like everything else in the world. Everything is a slippery slope. But like when you, I mean, Tanya, like when you think about like the 23 and the 30 age gap Mm -hmm. compared to what was your other age gap? 
I mean, did you really just say that? Like, it's... It's the same thing. I'm the one that's good at math here. But it's not, though. Like, when you think about developmentally, where the 13-year-old is in comparison to the 23-year-old... Sure. I mean, the 23-year-old is actually an adult. The 13-year-old is It, it depends on which part of the world you're in. Take, for example, <clears throat> in St. Catholic, you're an adult at 16. That is the age of consent in many British islands. Let, let me finish my point here, right? That is the age of consent, right? In America, the age of consent, although we don't refer to it as a, at that mm-hmm. point, the adulthood age is 18. I'm sure there are many other parts of the world where that's even younger. When you think about arranged marriages in India or Africa, there are places where these kids get married at night. They get married at 12. So there is some... We're just like pulling arbitrary numbers now. I mean, I, I get the point, but factually. Factually. I mean, factually, I have to look it up. This is more anecdotal. <laughs> Anecdotally. Okay. Please let that be entered into the record right now. Let's enter into the minutes. Anecdotally, arranged marriages can occur between someone who is nine years old or 12. So there is some yeah, yeah, yeah. assumption of adulthood because they're getting married. I, I just want to say here, because of course I had to get on the Googles while you were yes. saying some of this. And in many of the states here in the United States of America, the age is actually 16. Look at that. The age of consent varies. However, are we saying that the age of consent equals adulthood? So like, because you can consent to engage in sexual activities, then it means then you're an adult. Are we drawing the line that that is a, I wouldn't draw the line, right? However, however, what what I am, maybe a candidate, what I am saying, however, is that if we are saying that this person at the age of 16 is able to consent, we are saying that that person has the right to make an, a decision that typically we call an adult decision. They have the right to have sex, among other things, I'm sure. I'm sure the consent is not just about sex. Like mm-hmm. They're making adult decisions. <clears throat> I I think that there are many weird kind of things that we bestow onto underage children that mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes it's like a big level of responsibility and I'm not really sure like how people who were responsible really came up with the parameters for the age thing. Like well, nobody knows. Of, some of the age, but I mean, at some point, I really, at some point, someone thought about it, right? So at some point, I really hope that someone had put a considerable amount of thought behind why is the age of consent 16? Mm-hmm. Or like, why do we allow people to start, um, to start buying guns at 18, but then start drinking at 21. Like you can also go to war at 18, but then you, you, you're in the 18 year old war, but you can't drink. 
I, I mean, I've never really understood it. Like, I don't really get it. Like, there are lots of inconsistencies with how we think about age and how we think about the actions associated with that age. So absolutely. It's like, it leaves me back to, this is a very like difficult sort of like question for me because a lot of this stuff like does not make any kind of damn sense. It doesn't. And I think we'll continue to be challenged with these things in our lives and in society. Because when you think about like, just to go back to five minutes ago, a 13-year-old versus a 16-year-old, yeah, there are slight differences in maturity. Tana, there maybe. are huge differences in maturity as a person. But not really that much. Is it, re- and 16. Is it really tremendous. that significance? You haven't been like 13 in a while. It is a <laughs> huge difference between being 13. Let's not even be ridiculous. But are we talking it's about a huge difference? difference between being 13 and 16. So are we saying a 16-year-old is fine to date someone seven years older than them versus a 13-year-old is fine to date seven? Both of them. So if we're saying it's the same thing, then that's that's what it is. It's the same thing. But at 16, we say you have the right to make that decision. But at 13, you do not have the right to make that decision. Tanya, when people are giving someone the consent, right? Like you're 16 and they say you can consent they don't they don't mean like you can consent to have sex with somebody seven years older than you. I How do you know that? Where, where's that written? Preferably, it's not written anywhere, but you went to like the far end of the, you know. If you have the ability to consent, then that is it. That is the end of the sentence. But I, have the, one, I have the right to consent. One would imagine that a reasonable-minded teenager would understand you perhaps should not be having sex with people seven years older than you. So how many reasonable 16 year olds? I know a couple reasonable 16 year olds. I have younger cousins. My stepdaughter is also 16. There there actually are not very many reasonable 16 year olds. They're actually barely there. There's really not a whole lot of reasonable 26 year olds either. I'm just saying like reasonable is is subjective. Reasonable is absolutely subjective. Everything is subjective, but also like the age of consent and just like being able to have some sort of agency over your body, it doesn't then mean that this person is going to now decide I want to go date a 26-year-old or 27-year-old. Also, if you're 16, like where are you actually engaging with people who are 26, 27? I mean, the everywhere one thing is world. that. Everywhere in the world. I mean, not necessarily, Tanya. If you're 16, it's not like you're just going to run into like a 26-year-old who's constantly going to be in your circle and in your face. Where, I mean. Is it the teachers at high school? Your parents I mean, might introduce you. High school. Your parents might introduce you to a pop star who can get you a record label deal. And leave you there. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> like. They might send you to Never Neverland. Oh, Lord. But the rest of the folks, though, who maybe don't have access to the Never Neverland and the record company and the labels and the things like that. The average 16-year-old, on average. The internet. I know you were going to say the internet. The internet is an obvious answer. Like. 
Well, yeah. Where else do? That. Where else would a sixteen-year-old like, meet? But a I don't. I don't think that the not. They're not like at sixteen. You're. I mean, of course, you're going to have people that are curious about people who are older than them. But that is a significant developmental gap. Yes, it is. But it, but it is depends. not the same as 13 and 20. It is absolutely not. You know it's absurd for you to even draw the line that it's the same, same. seven years, B. I mean, it's the same seven. It's the same age difference, but you fully well know that the circumstances are different. It's not apples and apples. It's not apples and apples. It might be apples and star apples. They're pretty similar. It's apples and it's freaking oranges. It's apples and it's pears. Like, are we saying? Are we saying fourteen and twenty-one is different as well? Why? Why Fifteen and twenty-two is different. I just want to be. Yes, fifteen and twenty-two is different from sixteen. No, no, no. We're saying thirteen and twenty. Fourteen and twenty-one. Mm-hmm. 15 and 22 for me yes. all in the same bag of inappropriateness this should not be happening no cancel it stop that's what i'm saying sure. i and i agree cancel it stop sure however what i'm saying is that it ain't really that different sure cancel and all of it it's, it's they're not really that different it's the same it's the same stuff I don't buy it. I know you, you're saying it, but I don't buy it. And then maybe when you have kids and you're around kids, you'll feel differently. Like, I just do not, as being on this earth for, how old am I now? Mid-30s. I just, being around kids, seeing the differences between 13, 14, 15, 16, there is so much. Yes. So much growing up and maturing to do. I don't even know how I feel about 16-year-olds driving outside, to be honest with you. Because driving... 16-year-olds are immature. Well, I was going to say that driving, there's so much information that you have to take in. Like, it could be dangerous. Like, if you're in cities that are very hectic, like... Being a 16-year-old behind the wheel and having that level of responsibility, I'm just like, yeah. how did we land on this? I am not sure that this is also a great idea. I agree. Yet they're able to consent. But a 15-year-old can't. And they're at the same type of maturity level. I guess the age of consent should change. That's what I'm getting from this. Maybe the age of consent should be 17. Maybe that makes more sense. What are we talking about? The difference between 16 and 17? Get out of here. That's not a difference. Are there like no differences year to year for you? So if you're 13, you're 14. And if you're 14, you're 15. And if you're 15, you're 16. And if you're 16, you're 17? Not significant enough that we can say that the 16-year-old is distinctly more mature than a 15-year-old. It's the difference of a day. Wait, wait, we're going to agree to disagree. And the difference of a day. It's a day. I'm 15. One day tomorrow is <laughs> my birthday. Yay, I'm now 16. I'm different. I'm so mature. Because an hour ago, I was 15. 
That's crazy. It does not work like that. The day that you turn a year older is not the day that you feel the changes of said time. Yeah, it's not you. You absolutely know that. That is that is absolutely not the case. We've we've meandered off of this a bit, but I think we're like making the circle back. I, I just still, I don't know, guy. Listen to whatever music you want to listen to. It makes you feel good. And honestly, if that music does not make you feel good, then don't listen then to don't it. Then don't listen to it. Well, yeah. Don't, don't listen to it. That's fine. But I'm telling you, you are missing out. Because them Michael Jackson oh songs, they hit. It doesn't matter the decade. It doesn't Michael matter the Jackson day. Songs, they sure. hit. And also some of these R. Kelly songs. Put them joints on in the car. <sighs> Oh Ooh, Jesus! Not in the car. Hit. No, not they take in the you car. Back. Please. Oh my Please gosh! Don't. I not in the car, Tanya. Got fiesta, fiesta. Oh. Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! No, I, oh, I am man. one of those people. I'm like, <laughs> I don't even listen to R. Kelly in the house. Like, I remember going someplace where they put on an R. Kelly song, and I just looked around, like, are we doing that? Is it? Yes. I don't remember where I was, but I was just like, um, <laughs> this doesn't feel right. But I mean, I don't feel like that when the MJ song comes on. When the MJ song comes on, it's like, this is iconic stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, like, it's just, like I said, as you always say, I'm going to borrow an idea from something else. Dating is a discriminatory process, and unfortunately, it also translates into like life on this planet. Yeah. That people decide kind of the things that they give allowances to and the things that they don't. I mean, we would all hope that those things are similarly weighed, but yeah. at the end of the day, sometimes they're not. Um, I think it's important to hold people accountable for bad behavior. And I also think that people should be given an opportunity to speak and defend themselves. So it is unfortunate that we're now in the aftermath of MJ now saying like, oh, we can't listen to his music. And it's like, I wonder, like, I just thought about it. I wonder how the surviving members of his family, how they feel about it. I feel like I have not heard anything like that i don't know if there's do they feel the need to respond to it do they feel the need to defend it like how does his you know estate feel about it there's some questions i don't know who knows i mean my bottom line on this is i will not deprive myself of the joys of life and one of those joys it's a good mj music please don't deprive yourself do Mm -hmm. not deprive yourself of joys of life man yeah can't say anything after that that's it ladies and gentlemen there you have it there you have it well i'm definitely curious to hear what people's thoughts are about this because i am sure they are many that folks um have as usual be sure to follow us on instagram and facebook to continue the conversation on instagram we are two girls few thoughts underscore pod on Facebook, Two Girls and a Few Thoughts. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Two Girls and a Few Thoughts. <laughs>